Welcome to the Loyal Locals Podcast. Hi, everybody. My name is Jerry Jimenez. I'm joined by Mr. Steve Brokoff. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How was that for a hype video intro thing? Let's go, let's go. I, I was so, 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 so hyped that I ended up actually doing the... Yeah. Couldn't hold back. No, no, no. Can't, can't do that. Uh, also, of course, we can't do this without Mr. Juice Deck. Let me bring him in here. Let's see. Is he ready for us? Let me see. Let me make sure. Hey, he is. Actually showered this time. I may be wearing the same shirt and hat I wore last week, but I, I, they are both washed and so am I. <laughs> I mean, Thank I, you for the clarification. I can't smell you from here, so I'm going to believe you and trust you. All right. I'll tell you what. I haven't showered. Uh, but that's okay. I have kids. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I did shower today. Uh, no, it's good to see you guys, man. Good to have everybody here joining us today, tonight, this evening. If you're listening in the morning, buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches, whenever you're listening. Uh, we have a, a jam-packed one today because not only do we have to go over a full season schedule, we also are going to be talking. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Trust me. Uh, we're also going to be talking to a very amazing human being that we all have the honor and pleasure of knowing and uh, who also is doing a lot of work right now behind the scenes uh, for a, a really cool project that we're going to bring him on for. John, are you ready? Give me a thumbs up if you're ready to come in. Yeah, Mr. John Cross joining us on the pod tonight. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Just ready to get this going, man. And, Let's see here. We have some comments already. There's already people. Am, oh, see Lydia's I am on. in the Phoenix area for work, so I am as good as I possibly can be being out here, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm trying to set everything up for today, I didn't get a beer, so I'm going to do that. But oh. do you guys want to get that going? Like, Drew, what are you having, man? I also don't have a beer. Oh, dang. Okay. So you're alluding to me being, uh, am I actually joining us tonight? Because I was, I was the later one, but I will say, Steve, uh, you're doing, you're, you're doing work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> say, this, this jersey was brought out here specifically to bring loyal vibes and San Diego vibes to the area and prep for next month. Right. Yeah, one well, month from today, actually. One month from today. Yeah. Did, did you walk yeah. into your hotel room and just like do this with the shirt, just kind of <laughs> to get rid of all the bad vibes that are probably in there from all the zones? Yeah. Oh. The second I landed, you know, <laughs> I was the crazy guy in the airplane. <laughs> just waving it around. What are you drinking? Yeah, I what are you drinking? drinking Earth's Green Mantle, which is a dry Irish stout uh, from Arizona Wilderness Brewing Co., which is the spot out here um, and will be our, um, or my at least, uh, pregame or night before uh, brewery to go to. And it's pretty close to where Phoenix Rising will play. So, Oh, cool. Nice. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Hey, we, we do have a, a new audio thing to to uh you know kind of show everybody today but I'll, I'll wait for that and once we get into the schedule uh because it makes more sense there but uh definitely related to how terrible phoenix is uh another thing i wanted to say steve at some point during this this podcast and probably here pretty quickly where you and I, you and john are going to have a conversation while drew and i really quickly go and grab a drink okay i'm just going to let you know okay uh y you know what's going to be a point sometime in the next you know a few seconds seconds literally seconds and a sentence and maybe it's like where it trails off where you're like you know i'm thinking of going to one of these away days <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what me too so see y'all later i'll be right back 
Well, John, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, no, it's my pleasure. I will say um, shout out to Tom Phillips, our director for Lenthry. Happy birthday, Tom. Um, I believe you are tuned in. And if not, I hope everybody that is will comment and wish Tom a happy birthday. Um, yeah, and I will say thanks for coming on again. I uh, really love the work you've done with soccer shorts. We'll talk about that a lot later. I think we're going to kind of get to the meat of the, of the schedule and stuff first, but you're going to be along for the ride and, you know, chime in um, just like a, any other, you know, the fourth member of the podcast, mm -hmm. but we'll get to the meat of soccer shorts and what you're working on and your kind of history and story um, later. But yeah, thank you and welcome. All right. Thank you. Yeah, John, you know, honestly, like if I, so I just saw, because, you know, obviously I'm a patron, I just saw episode two of your project and we're going to get into what you're doing with the the locals documentary of course but uh only one word to describe it man delicious as a matter of oh, fact i'm you. having a stone delicious ipa right now uh, nice <laughs> how's that for a segment nice nice segue. yeah you know i get i'm lucky because i actually like i don't have to travel too far but drew's back drew like are you are you ready too I don't know. I don't know if he is. We're going to bring him in anyways. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. I had to venture all the way to the, uh, the fridge. It's not you're that not, far. You're not too far. Got, like, a setup here where I have to go around and like under. It's like a, I was, I was actually, game shows. I was thinking about like the, where you are to where your fridge is because I've been in your place. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's not that bad. <laughs> the it's way, not, like, it's super just like I go under a desk to get out of this to for, for anybody who's listening. So I kind of turn it this way so you can have some interesting stuff to look at instead of a window. Uh, so I have to crawl under my desk to get out of this. Yeah. Fun, fun stuff for those of you watching the pod. You see this, otherwise uh, you're just hearing us talk about it. But that's that's our uh, situations in terms of navigating to our fridges. But yeah. I'm having needle in the hay tonight. Uh, hey, from our uh, partner Three Punk Ales, and I got some just a second chance sitting on the on the side. But um, yeah, this is needle in the hay double IPA, eight percent, eight point five percent. So it's a easy, but it doesn't drink like it. It's really just when I first had, I was like, man, this is the thing. So I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. Cheers, everybody. Cheers to all of those. Please feel right. free to share with us what you're drinking as Cheers. well on the comments in YouTube. Ah, so good. Cherry, I should get you a, a beer delivery kickback on this for sure. I think there should be a... There you go. Oh, dude, I feel like... Hey! That mug, though. Shout out to our oh, yeah. our friends. Oh, yeah. Uh, over at two balls and a mic before we before we trim too far from three punks jerry would you like to talk about your experience there yesterday uh no what is i mean i drink a lot of beer i don't remember pretty much any of it but i'm looking forward to maybe a few um audio format uh hour-long things coming out that i yeah. can uh, listen to yeah we recorded it an episode of uh, emo brown is what steve is alluding to uh, yes i didn't did. say you did <laughs> we did record an episode of emo brown podcast and then actually ended up staying after a second podcast uh because uh woodsy came in man like steven woods from the morning show 97.3 uh the ben and woods show came in and did a podcast with him as well i stayed i got to hang out for a little bit and then somehow he's like hey let's go let's go do it again let's go record again and so we just did like another episode where it was just random stuff uh, so yeah, look out for that. Right. Should be coming out pretty soon. Uh, talk about all things soccer, and uh, I almost like shed a tear at some point. So you might want to listen. Uh, it was a good one. It's a really good one. Uh, but guys, we had the first ever San Diego versus San Diego match this Sunday, not Saturday. No, it was Sunday. I my my dumbass went in and put uh, like 
waking up on match day and it was saturday and everybody's like um it's tomorrow bro i'm like dang it Ugh, you're right what yeah. month is it it's still march it's been march for a year whatever you guys can forgive me all right yeah i had it saturday <laughs> in my head too <laughs> i think and I, I don't know if, and i don't know if drew was making fun of me or if he actually was like saying saturday today because he got confused too drew or were you like <laughs> yeah I'm I think it's just the it's the weird last couple of weeks have been odd and then also the yeah. schedule release had it like all the days were different days so it's like the uh sat like some are saturdays some are sundays so you have tuesdays thursdays wednesdays in there we'll get to it all but uh, i think all of that was kind of throwing my head for a loop of like what's what day it's tuesday yeah. okay at first i was like i think he's making fun of me for being a dummy yeah. <laughs> and saying it was saturday so 1904 like, yeah. fc who plays for and they're fc right Yes. Yeah. The yes. 1904 FC, who plays in Nisa, uh, which is technically right now, I believe, third division, uh, right. third tier, uh, played against San Diego Loyola. Had a couple of friendly matches. How, what was it? 60 minute? Uh, 75, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. It was 75. So they had 45 break, and then they had an, an additional uh, 30 minutes. And they did that twice. So it was... You know, at first, I think on uh, on Twitter, 1904 came out and said it was uh, it was their squad B versus the loyal squad B. And so basically it was trialist. I think they came out and actually said it was trialist for 1904. And yeah. then the second game was 1904 A-team versus the San Diego loyal A-team. So you had two very different matches. We got to see, uh, again, trialist, one through 27 play. And uh, it was it was interesting because as we're watching this, uh, unfold on Twitter because we weren't actually watching it, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but it was yeah. it was so entertaining to see they did a much much better job, Drew. I would say of actually keeping us updated this time. They they did at least a better job of wanting to engage everybody. Uh, they they were doing the the gifs of uh, stay classy co, which was you know if we're gonna make it just a one time thing, that's great. If it continues on, it's great too. I'd love to see other people's name suggestions that would be uh, fun for this matchup. But uh, that's the one that most of us ran with. At least we're on Twitter that day was stay classy co, and so they were throwing out at least some emotion with their scoring updates as opposed to just text. And they were actually giving us a lot of videos too, which was nice. So you were doing yeah, getting some of that content in line, you know, like an in-game highlight, which has been unusual this preseason. So we'll, as, a, as I said a few weeks ago, it's that like, y'all got any more of those videos? I'll take, I'll take anything. But this was definitely some high quality stuff and uh, uh, fun to see. They said they had plenty of footage <laughs> to show us in terms of what they could. So um, I'm sure there'll be more goals to kind of maybe trickle out of that game at some point too. I would hope so. Yeah, the one, the one I was bummed about is uh, I guess there was some Salzizo chip, and uh, Ryan replied to me on Twitter and said he only got he only got pictures of it, and I was like, oh man, you have one job, Ryan. I know. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's got to be the hardest decision, right? When you're like, I'm switching to photos right now, right? Nothing cool is going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then of course, it's, oh, like, the, it's the worst. Man. Sounds like that game it was a hard problem because well. So I can tell you, as someone who shoots video, yeah. yes, you never know when it's going to happen. And that's always a fear is you're going to miss something. And you do. You miss it a lot. And you kick yourself every time you put the camera down or, or you switch. I was going to say, that's Sandy Lowe, if you need another cameraman. 
you know. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Joe wants yeah. to, I don't think it pays enough. Right. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> the easiest way to have a camera on it is to have more than one camera. That way, <laughs> found, you know, redundancy. So I I like that. That's honestly why you always have multi covered shoots. You have B roll, as John John knows, and we'll get into it. This documentary, it is it is so hard because you just have to always gather, and you don't know what you're going to need. And that one clip, maybe even months later, like like you could think through your whole documentary and think, ah. Eh, I don't know why I would need this clip. And then you get to the end, you go, this is perfect. This fits exactly into this one interview I had at the end that fits in. It's, it's how it goes. So it's, you just never know, especially with this kind of stuff. So uh, sports are funny like that. Never, little moments can mean everything months down the line. You don't even, don't even realize it. So Dude, this I, was a great I, little moment though. I do that with my kids all the time where I'm like, I'm recording because, you know, obviously they did something cute or whatever and I want to record it. And of course they stop completely. <laughs> And then the moment that they try to do it again, it's just I miss out on it. So it happens all the time, yeah. but at least it's in my head. Oh, but, yeah, with something like this, that's, it's good to see, though, that there, there is quite a few pictures of this day. There was uh, a lot more stuff. And, okay, Tom, happy birthday, bro, but you you, you ain't going to be telling us what to do, all right? We're going to get there. <laughs> We're going to ask him questions soon, I promise, Tom. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, let's see here. I, so I wanted to kind of make sure I don't miss any – of the information here, but long story short, first match, uh, was six zero and it was, uh, goals by, that's what I'm trying to pull up right now. Can you guys kind of walk me through that? If so I, I can't find it. I don't know. <clears throat> so it was, uh, two from, so it was two, uh, penalty kicks. I'm going to just do it off the top of my head. Uh, Corey Herzog did two, had two, uh, Nikki Jackson had a brace and then we had a goal from Salzizo. And I'm missing one. Oh, J- uh, Jake, Jack Blake. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jack Blake. Yeah. And I remember seeing Nikki Jackson created one of the penalty opportunities for Herzog as well. So kind of a two and a half, you know, tally there for him. But yeah, it's, he, it I think he's like going like to be a problem. Yeah. Zizo and that front two seem to connect very well, which is a good thing to hear because it did feel like Sal, when he find, found those connecting runs and found those passes later in the year, it was very dangerous. It just didn't seem to be something that early on, clicked as much so it's good to see it clicking already in preseason for him as a player specifically just because that was something that i was concerned about was trying to make sure he had you know continued the momentum he had near the end of last year into this year especially as a player who's you know every year you look at and you say do i still have something to value in this team i'm, I'm a player who's played a lot of years and, and what can i bring so it's cool to see that he's already checking in and being so just so you know part of play even though it was against trialists even though it was with our, you know, some of our first team guys, it's good to hear that they're finding that connection. And it sounds like it's pretty fruitful, you know, against, you know, even if you, you look at this as like a FIFA, like maybe their FIFA rating is a little lower mm-hmm. than our FIFA rating in this situation with this mix of players, at least that first game. Um, but in, in both scenarios with that, you know, tiering of, you know, where players play and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it is nice to see those different uh, results because you could also have a day where you had two games against these players and you had maybe 2-0, you know. <laughs> Two one or, or even that, so it's good to see that they're excelling against who they're supposed to just generally. And um, from a goal scoring standpoint, Jackson being involved, I think again, I, I said it in the Discord at the time, but I think it means that he's becoming more of a one two with Herzog, to where you can't really shift in somebody else out, you know, as a starting eleven option when he's doing so well and scoring like that. It's really hard to justify and say pulling a player out, but. That's where that to me, I think Jackson question for a lot of us filling in our starting 11s, you know, our, our standard starting 11, if you will, 
um, seems to be shifting more towards Nikki Jackson, at least yeah. at the moment. So that that is a kind of takeaway, at least if you're trying to take anything away from these things that are somewhat practice, somewhat uh, simulation. For me, that's kind of what I took away. But other than that, the the you know the footage we got to see was good. I just don't think that there's much to say when you don't really see the full run of play. <laughs> you yeah. Only hear, you know, uh, news from the home front as if it's the uh, World War One, and uh, we're waiting for a, a radio broadcast or maybe even just a headline or two uh, in, the, in the morning Tribune. I'll tell, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I tell my kid when he asks me to buy him a monster truck. I tell him, use your imagination. Um, that's, that's what I say. No, here's the thing, man. Like, I actually was wrong. It was Morgan Hackworth uh, who had the second goal in that first match. The second match was when uh, we had our – uh that that goal from uh from jack blake and so you had uh i'm, I'm pulling it up here now uh but it was uh ben spencer to miguel ibarra uh on to to make it 1-1 right because they scored first uh and then miguel ibarra scored and then you had a moshe Bane to to charlie goal on a corner and then you had uh, ibarra picks out uh jack blake and then he he makes it 3-1 so that's what ended up happening in these two matches. It's just fun, man. I mean, it's a bummer because it's one of those things that this is San Diego history that we cannot see. Right. And we have to, you know, pretend pretend we have a monster truck. It's this is what we gotta do. We gotta use our imagination <laughs> on this one. Just like Drew said. It's just as you follow them, you know, through and, and kind of go through these matches, it is what it is. We can't really talk too much about it other than what we've seen. Luckily, like I said, they did a much better job. That goal from Jack Blake. Golly, man, that ball from Miguel Ibarra. Come yeah. on. I know. Let's go. I know. And it's it's kind of it's it's interesting, right? I mean, he's he's not a loyal player, but he's starting competitive matches. And I I haven't heard anything and I stick to the what I you know what I have heard and what you've heard, Jerry, that it's not in the plans to sign him, but I just it's curious why he is starting those these matches, right? Like, you know. Just it's easier to get a player on your team me. when he's already there, right? Yeah. So that that's true too. Like, yeah, yeah. wherever gonna get him, it's easier to already have him in camp to sign him than yeah, and it, move him in from a different club or something. Yeah. And it makes sense for you know rising tide lifts all boats. You you put him in there and he lifts the level of the squad and everybody else plays well because he's in there. So it makes sense for you know them to train with him, even if he's you know not in the plans to sign. Again, from what we've heard, but I, um, oh my bad. I'm uh he's trials number five, bro. Trials five. <laughs> yeah. Um no, I I just found I found that interesting that he keeps he 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 keeps seeing some time and uh, with a loyal kid on. You you know it, we've said this before, right? But sorry, go ahead, Drew. I'll, I'll finish the thought. I was right. gonna say you can double up Guido in practice. So it does help because your best player really Ooh. in trying to create show yeah. what he can create and try and practice with that, that's your limitation, right? You only have so many hours to get your 10 in a position where other people can read those type of runs. And the good thing is they complement each other so well as players. You can really, it's that first, second team quarterback thing. So you can send him out like they did, have Guido play in the first uh, matchup there and then have Ibarra play in the second one and be able to have that kind of, um, you know, phase in and out, which is really nice too. So I'm sure just from a practicing standpoint, that helps everybody because it is like having that, you know, um, you know, as for lack of a better term, a quarterback in, in that position and giving him more reps with those type of players. Um, you know, even if it's not Guido doing that, they're getting in the right positions like Jack was. That looks like a run that I'm expecting Jack to make with Guido a lot this year. And so to see that already happening, even though it's a different player, that's the kind of stuff that to me, like, you know, yeah. looks really good to say, okay, that's even if it's not 1904 and it's, you know, maybe USL level competition, we can still 
uh, you know, piece together. We can see the visualization. Jerry, you got uh, more on uh, Ibarra? Yeah, I mean, so I always said from the beginning, it, I, I'm the one on this podcast that said we're not signing him because I thought I was, you know, kind of yeah. alluded to by somebody that I trust very much. And it just doesn't make sense to have him in the squad. However, it also doesn't make sense to play him these matches. Yeah, he's taking saying. up a that's spot for somebody. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's taking up a spot for somebody that could potentially actually be coming to the squad if he's not. So it's just very interesting, and we'll see. You know, like yeah. Corbin said, and he's been saying it for a while. He's thoroughly convinced that Ibarra is staying. Uh, yeah, it's no longer a vacation, right? He's been yeah. there a month. I mean, if he was yeah. here like training for a week or two, that's different than like, yeah, it's been a month. He's starting matches, you know. I don't know. It is it is very hard to get international travel arrangements right now. Uh, even sure. if you're part of a club, you're waiting on visas, you're waiting on certain things uh, that are just much more difficult in 2021 than they were in 19, 2019, uh, yeah. you know, for instance. So it is possible that he is just trying to stay match fit, train up here. So then he does interface with a different club. He's ready to go. You know, they he's at a facility where he can take medicals, that kind of thing. Um, you know, to me, that, that all does make sense. But again, if a player's already in your camp, he's already there. And he's looking for a team. It's it's a lot easier to, to get that player probably onto your squad. And he's a great player, so it'd be hard to say no in any aspect. But we do already have a ten, so that's where I think you know he he has a lot of value at least is is being able to double up and, and give that kind of look you know to different groups of players that you can you can clone in some ways uh, in practice, which is always helpful. But um, yeah, moving forward, it is hard because as Jerry said, you're just giving him space. You're giving him time that. They've been told us they're very serious about bringing back select players and not loyal select, but certain players as opposed to too many players. So that's just where it's also very curious to have him still hanging around camp. But maybe again, he's there with a purpose and his purpose is give us as much good looks at 10 and, and give us some ideas maybe that we didn't have before, too. And, and maybe it's his brain just as much as his shoes uh, that's keeping him there, too. So I don't know, yeah. but it's it's fun to speculate about it. It's kind of a fun little to hang on landon donovan's second team in usl is going to be a two eight formation <laughs> two yeah. Backs. yeah two wing backs three number tens <laughs> a couple wingers a forward two forwards <laughs> oh my gosh i Go for it. wouldn't throw it past uh nate miller to no, be messing with that yeah. sort of formation <laughs> what they call it? what's beyond a guggen press is that the uh yeah what's the what's right greater german term something like that yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, we'll come up with the san diego term before <laughs> no, that would be crazy be crazy chat room that's your your job by the end of the uh episode here yeah it, it, i mean everybody agrees that they think well except for afmir afmir doesn't agree because he doesn't know who ibarra is he said who is, who is ibarra that's a great question he's a a guy he has he has hair so oh. Uh, no, he played in MLS. He played USL for many years and was very successful in, at the USL level. Moved on to MLS, was in a few MLS teams, uh, Minnesota United. He was, uh, I think, most recently with, with the Sounders. And uh, he's a free agent, and so he's been he training played in Liga and Mekis, too. Yeah. Aguero coming to Loyal? No, dude, it's... That's that's partially why the Landon Press Ibarra might not be coming. Is Landon Press is a good term? Thanks, good. Nick Duffy. I like that one. But yeah, Ibarra, partially we, why we thought is because like Aguero, he cost too much, right? We thought like just in terms of normal dollars of, of where he's at, that for USL it might be a little bit too rich. So it does all the things to consider that why why we're pretty convinced. But uh, again, he's still <laughs> just there. a little. I don't know. And it's a little yeah. convinced. I think we're probably spending too much time on this, but it's also you know I'm I'm it's not fine. not going to let it go by that you know. Rubio was definitely a, 
I'd say above USL championship level, but he kind of mm-hmm. used this as a springboard to sign for an MLS club. So maybe Miguel Ibarra saw that as an opportunity and maybe sees this as a chance to do the same thing. You know, something yeah. interesting to know. Again, yeah. no idea, but it, it is definitely noteworthy that he's getting minutes in these games. Yeah, absolutely. These are the most fun guys in any league. So why wouldn't you want to mm-hmm. play with these guys? That's what I'm saying. Like, I just think guys are having fun with this club, and it's a good sign that people want to hang out. People want to hang around. Even if he has no club, like, just, hey, <laughs> we have really talented people who want to hang out with our players. That's a great thing. I think it's, a, it's usually a sign of a good locker room anyway. That you can bring somebody in like that and have them hang out, maybe without a contract or without a, a definite thing as well. So all of that, again, I think is pretty good. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Moving past that and into what we really need to talk about, we're not going to spend a terrible amount of time on this, I hope, because I do want to get to John and, and talk about the awesome work that he's been doing as well. Uh, but I and, uh, obviously want to make sure also that uh, we do cover this enough. But guys, we have a schedule now. Obviously, they teased us a little bit with the yes. opening match, the home first home match, uh, which we're playing two first home matches for other people and then our own coming back. Uh, but it won't be until May. So the schedule has now been released. There is no breaks in there. And talking about, you know, a num- another number 10 or talking about an Ibarra that could possibly fill in for Guido at times, Drew, this is schedule is one that we're probably going to need, you know, uh, somebody back there once in a while because there's Rotation. some almost, yeah. you know, very just multiple games one after another with very little rest in between, maybe two days <laughs> at most. So we really, really are going to need that depth. And we don't, I don't see it right now. Maybe they do. And then they said it from the beginning. We're going to be coming into this with a, you know, a little bit of a thinner uh, uh, squad. But you never know. They may be looking. I know Sal said to us here on the podcast, you know, Sal Cizo mentioned, I don't want to speak for them, he said, but they may be looking into MLS players that weren't getting picked up, especially during like, the transfer windows and all of that where we could be bringing in and the squad that you see now may not be just like in 2020 may not be the squad you see at the end of this season. So, um, John, what are your first takeaways? I'm sure you already went through this schedule. Uh, and if not, I'm sure you have it pulled up. What, what, what sticks out to you? Um, well, I haven't looked at it too much because I've been a little busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I have glanced at it and, um, I think it's interesting. We start on the road quite a bit. We had talked about that a little bit before the show started Mm -hmm. about with USD and football and some other issues going on, but we have the, what the huge home stands, I guess, through July and August. I mean, that's, that's just home game after home game after home game. There's a series there where I think there's only in a huge chunk, there's only two or three away games. So I hope we're able to get to a point with our COVID situation that uh, that's really more, I, I don't care who we play. I just like for the situation to be where we can be back in the stands again. Oh yeah. yeah. Between, between June 12th and September 5th, that's what three months we have four away games. The rest of home matches. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. Clear your summers guys. Clear your summers. Oh, I want to, I do want to say if you want to hear like a much better breakdown of the schedule, uh, go ahead and check out our friends over at Unnamed Soccer Podcast, and also check out our friends over at Fairweather Podcast, who uh, did a really good job of going through this schedule and kind of breaking it down. Uh, you know, one of the things that I take away from the Unnamed Soccer Podcast, uh, Jordan mentioned that when you look at it, 
it looks like a like a like a play it looks like a three-piece like theater thing where it's a movie almost he said um where you have you know kind of like the beginning the the climax and then the resolve or whatever it is um i i'm don't know the exact terms maybe drew can help us out with it but you listen to it right i think you listen to the pod yeah i listen to some of it um i never listened to that podcast what are you talking about <laughs> all my thoughts are my own they're totally independent um which is which is a lie because i text jordan after and i'm like why do you say this uh so he does when i listen but um i feel like he says things just to get me to text too but the the one of the things they said was you're really, you're looking at that setup right you're looking at that climax kind of in the middle um in terms of just that just game after game after game and you do have you know early on you have that test of uh we're playing phoenix uh, twice away before we play him at home right those are kind of a couple themes here in this you know play if you will or movie if you will where you have three acts so that second act we really get a lot more of those games in. then that third act we go on the road again and have some tough games to finish out the season but it'll be a lot of sort of unproven teams in, in, in my estimation, you have some hard games in there, but you have a lot of teams like LA Galaxy 2, who can be in or out depending on the match and depending on the players. Um, Roots, who are coming you know, up to this tier this year and have a good squad, but at the same time could also be first year uh, through a long season. At the end of a season, we've got a few matches against them, but they're away, right? So that's the kind of stuff where you have this, this ebb and flow of, obviously we said the middle part is very home heavy. It's just that sense of the first part, I think, is going to be maybe the hardest chunk, the test chunk, right, where we find out against Louisville, we find it against Phoenix away, how how good this team is. That second part is proving it again, but doing it at home. And I, I think a lot of ways establishing the culture here of the club, hopefully, over those kind of two or three months there. And then you get to the end of the season here and it becomes the chase for the playoffs, right? Staying in those, those yeah. top uh, spots in your division and really just trying to box out. Uh, somebody like Orange County from sneaking in or somebody like, uh, you know, as I said, Los Dos or or, or even uh, somebody like Oakland, if they have a, a really good run this year. And, and Sacramento is going to be just as, you know, formidable and, and difficult to move uh, as they were last year in our singular match. We've got a few of them against them here. And, and that's going to be another one that I think we're going to start dreading <laughs> a little bit that we just kind of see coming around the corner. We go, oh, we have to play them and we have to play them. Oh, you know, right before Orange County and Phoenix, you know, so it is that kind of thing where it compounds when you look at these dates next to each other. Uh, that's where it becomes a little bit more interesting. But again, Tuesdays, as Jerry said, Wednesdays, there is some interesting matches in here after maybe Saturdays, uh, never like a Sunday, Tuesday or anything like that. Uh, but I think you do have maybe like a Sunday, Wednesday turnaround every once in a while or Sunday, Thursday. So there's a few um, Sunday, Wednesday, there is yeah. a short three or four day turnarounds or Saturday a couple Wednesday. times too. Well, yeah, it's, it's a long schedule. It's a, it's a long year, one. But right? here's the thing, like for me, like a big thing that stuck right out was we are done with Phoenix by July. We're done. Yeah. We've we've played them all four matches by the end of July. And there's still a lot of games to be played after that. So you don't have a lot of control. You have to be good right off the bat. You need to start. Yeah. And re and unfortunately, the beginning of this is the majority of it is away. So we that's going to be really important for us to have something really well put together by the time we kick off on the 30th. You know, it's just we yeah. have to. Yeah, I was mentioning that before we started recording that, you know, last season I think we finished really strong and that's when we beat Phoenix away. That's when we obviously played them at home and then the Colin Martin situation, like we were controlling that match, you know, by far. Um, we seemed to end really well last year and that was a few key additions and maybe we'll have that right off the bat this year. But yeah, there's no playing around the beginning of the season. You know, 
Uh, somebody mentioned it. I think Drew, you mentioned it. Louisville. Um, they won USL championship two years ago, you know, and while there's a lot of turnover that still speaks to the kind of the club in, in general, Phoenix four times, uh, really early three, I think it's three off, you know, three of the four matches we're going to play them in the first nine. Um, so that's, yeah. that's, that's wow. huge, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to step up and really take the, take it from the start. Um, and something else, you know, when you guys mentioned, um, was the, the, the schedule. Um, so yeah, early on, you know, I kind of have a days between my little spreadsheet here. It's, you know, we got a six, six day gap, seven day gap, nine day gap, seven, seven, then a four, four day gap, then a three day gap. So, you know, we've talked a lot about this and I'm not going to run through the whole thing, but I've talked a lot about how this is a 32 game schedule in 27 weeks. There's going to be quite a bit of midweek action here. Uh, there's a lot of Thursdays and some Tuesdays some Fridays some Wednesdays. Um, so it's really going to speak to the health and training and fitness and depth, which yeah, I think we've talked a lot about how strong we think the starting 11 is going to be. And we've had some discussions on some of the maybe, you know, first, 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 uh, first guys off the bench depth, but what's going to happen if a center back goes down, what's going to happen if a fullback goes down? Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like what our, our depth is going to get tested there. And I, I'm really curious on how that's going to be, but speaking to the kind of the, the Phoenix in the early part of the schedule, you know, the early parts of seasons is typically when, you know, you find most of your health. So that could kind of benefit us. It could also benefit Phoenix. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot of play here that is really dynamic, but it's, it's all, all really, really interesting. Yeah. They're lucky. They don't have to face us near the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's when they faced us last year and they were scared of us. Right. They had That's to, right. Yeah. They had to back out entirely. And then uh, I think the league even is just, just be like, we, we're not sure if we want to be champions. They, they were just very unsure of the whole thing. Right. It was their fault that there was no champion. Right. I'm just blaming them for everything. <laughs> yeah. We should. Um, we should. Something else, something else that stood out to me. <laughs> Something else that really stood out to me is that July 3rd game, Saturday, Sacramento at home, but it's being played at 11 a.m. Um, okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> there's there's something going on there. there. I, think that's got, I think that's got to do with broadcasting. I think, think that's going to be a pretty good opportunity for us to us um, in San Diego to you know showcase what we got. And hopefully by July 3rd, I mean, it's obviously still too early to know what the summer is going to look like, but – you know, hopefully things are back to the way we want them to be, at least to a good amount. And, you know, we can we can put on a show. Bro, it's at I, 11. I, That's I'm projecting, a... but, I, I, you know, I think it's it's clear. If there's an 11 a.m. match when every other game is 7.30 or 5 o'clock or 3 o'clock or something like that, 11 a.m. is kind of a – it stands out to me. They just really want to get us drunk that whole 4th of July weekend is what it is. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to just have They're a really succeed. long 4th of <laughs> July weekend. At least I, I'm, I'm projecting. That's what it is. No, right. but there's. I do, I do think what you guys are saying is true. Is that there is there is a showcase element to some of these games, right? The Phoenix game on a Friday, obviously, you know, to start the season is going to be a big national matchup probably for them to to showcase here. So yeah, uh, there is there is a few different of these that you can see that maybe they haven't announced are going to be television dates, but there's something going on there. And the other part of that too is they can always change the times on us. So last yeah. year this happened a lot coming up to the season. Uh, they even moved the game up or back an hour, I think two or three times coming up to March 7th, just to yeah. be like, oh, it's going to be eight now. Oh, no, it's going to be seven now. Like that that even happened a few times. So yeah. um, it, it, it that kind of stuff does move and, and don't be super surprised, especially yeah. in, in our uncertain times. But, um, you know, the cool part is we have dates. We have a 
dates to look forward to on a calendar. That is something that is revolutionary. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Days, unfortunately, and, uh, <laughs> I love it though. I'll take it, and and I'm excited. And just looking at all these red dates on our little uh, graph here that I, I made red to be home dates are uh, exciting. I mean, it's just thinking about yeah. the possibilities and, and being with everybody and creating these traditions. Um, you know, together is the real fun part of doing this entire group. That's why we do it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I, I'm going to play a real quick game with you guys. Uh, points in the first ten games. So what do you think? We're talking Phoenix, thirty, Rio Grande. I'm just going to run through the teams real quick, and then you can kind of formulate <laughs> in your heads what you think the points Let's are going to be for this group. And then we'll get to the end and see where we land. So uh, the first ten are Phoenix, RGV, Tacoma, Louisville. Las Vegas, Phoenix, Orange County, LA Galaxy 2, Phoenix Rising FC, and Vegas Lights again. The first you go first, end. sir. How many, how many points do you have? What do you think? For the first 10 matches? Yes. 16. Okay. I think that puts us in the playoffs, but yeah, just to give us a barometer starting the year. I just, yeah, I'd rather like hit, I'd rather hit low yeah. and then, you know, hopefully they do a lot better than that. But I'll say wow, Jerry. Wow. But that's about the what? barometer to still make in the playoffs <laughs> and not do great. I think through that first few first <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. It's not awesome, but it's, yeah, it's enough to, to get through. Kind I of said 30 at first and you guys are like, ha. Ah. So <laughs> now you get 16. <laughs> I'll go with I'll go with nineteen, a number here in San Diego. We love there you it. Go. We love. Oh wow. Nineteen. Oh wow, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it's too odd. You got you got Phoenix or not Phoenix, you got RGV, you got Tacoma in there. Um RGV isn't a pushover. They usually have some really good players, kinda like Los Dos, uh, but they're they're a little more removed. They're kinda one of those two teams that is separated, but it does have two players. So um, you know, usually a good development academy there as well. So it is a pretty big wild card, but that's usually when you'd pencil in as three and same with Tacoma, just for anybody listening at home. But you look at Louisville, right? That's one away that you're almost like, how are we going to get, if we get anything out of that, that's great, right? So, John, what, what are you thinking in terms of 30 points available, 10 matches here? What do you think in the first 10? I'm, I'm going to set the bar even higher. I'm going to go 22. I think wow, they come out okay. hot. Yeah. So you're, you're looking at just roll steamrolling LA Galaxy 2 here, huh? Wow, you're just trying to make me look like a Phoenix dick. Match at home? I... I... <laughs> I hope maybe it's more my hope that's talking, but the guys seem pumped and everybody's raring to go with the season. I, I think they start hot. I don't know that they maintain it all season long, but I think they come out hot. And maybe being at home in the middle is great there. Cause we'll, we'll land on maybe they're firing and they, they kind of are not coming apart at the seams, but they need some, you know, repair and they're coming into home and we got these home stands and, I fall right in there. I'd say 1922. I'm right with you guys, uh, Steve and, and John, somewhere in the middle there. And then Jerry, my, my pessimism does look at some of this and say going to Phoenix twice, uh, Orange County uh, away where they just seemed to frustrate us last year. And, and they're very good at frustrating lots of teams, honestly, at that Orange County soccer park for anybody who's watched some of their matches. That's that's what they're accepting. The reality of being a, a away games. I mean, these are all, yeah. majority of them are away games. These are three home matches, guys. So I feel like so, I'm a little bit more on the realistic side than you are, but that's okay because yeah. I'd rather be closer to what John is saying. Like, uh, absolutely. I'd rather be in, in the 20s, uh, 100%. If we are in the 20s by the end of the first 10 matches, we're in really, really yes. good mm -hmm. shape. Really yes. good shape. So yep. 
Yeah, no, I love it. That's a really good one, Drew. I, I appreciate that one. Um, we do have to get moving because I want to ask. I want to ask uh, a couple other people uh, what they think about, you know, these matches coming up. Uh, actually, how's this? For those of you that are here right now with us uh, live on the broadcast, start sending us some dates that you're looking forward to go away for an away match. Start kind of sending it on the comments. Check this out for right now. Can we get a high distance oh. though? Check it out, guys. Let me stand next to someone that's a little bit shorter. A lot of away matches at the beginning. A lot of away <laughs> matches. We're on the road. See, uh, see one kind of cool one, huh? We play on Morgan's dad. We play Morgan's play dad. dad. We're, We're playing his dad. We're playing the pops. What's the family group chat like on a on a match when you're playing them? Uh, my mom is having uh, panic attacks, <laughs> um, and my brothers are always on my side. Let's go. So the banter is very high for the uh, Hackworth Darbies. So that'll be exciting. Is that what we're gonna call it? The Hackworth Darby? Nah, nah, we can't. That's, call no, it. we, we can't think of something. No, nah, we can't call it that. We can That's, call it that. No, the Louisville City away will be a really fun game, I think. They have a great stadium. Great stadium, great team. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's just going to be a really good test for us. Yeah, especially um, early. Especially early on to see, see where we're at. Was that a yellow card in uh, Grant Stoneman's pocket? He's already. He's ready to go for the season. Let's I go. Think he has one ready in case they show him one. He'll be like, "I give you a yellow card." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you give. Oh, you. Oh, you give me a yellow card. Oh, I give you a yellow card. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Two of these, and you're walking off. Good. This one's yeah. my. This one's my favorite one right here, Drew. Check this one out. I love competing against everybody, but I mean, all four, all four Phoenix games. I mean, I hate Phoenix, so. Those games I'm really looking forward to. So April 30th can't come quick enough. Let's go. We agree with you. I, I think all Phoenix. of us. Yeah. Hey, by the way, check it out. I hate Phoenix. Yes, it yeah. made it on the board. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> yes, we have a new awesome. sound. I hate Phoenix. I hate, I hate, I hate Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do I. Very yeah, much and I'll so. say, <laughs> I'll say for, for away trips, I'm going to be the responsible president and say, we just don't know what it's going to look like yet. We're not sure if we can travel. We're not sure if we can organize stuff. We still haven't heard from Phoenix. If we're going to be able to go as an organized supporters group. Um, I, I'm sorry. I can't remember who's who posted in our discord, but, um, or on the Facebook group. I, I honestly can't remember who that was, but um, they, you know, something showed Phoenix is planning on only season ticket holders at their first match and for no resale either. So the ticket name has to match your, your ID or some sort of identification. Um, I don't know how that's really going to work um, or if it's going to stay that way, or if that's just the current plan with the current tier that this, that, you know, the Maricopa County is in. Um, but, you know, just worth saying that while we're all looking forward to away trips and I certainly am, I've said it from the very beginning that away trips is one of the things I've looked forward to the most through this whole thing. We just don't know yet what it's going to look like. Sorry, I wasn't you know, paying attention. Going to, up in some areas, I'm not. Be I'm not paying attention to at all because I was watching Drew open up. Is that second? Is that from second gens? Yes. So yeah. This is, or no, this is the. Uh... Oh, okay. The rest of that. Okay. Oh, it's the stone collab. <laughs> nice. The, the upside, <laughs> the upside down collab. label. Jerry, funny story about this. I got this and I was like, wow, the, the label's upside down here, Jerry. What happened? And he, I, I thought it was a mistake because they rolled, they rolled them for us direct. You know, they they're, did they're roll legit them. down there at Three Punks. Normally they'll have them in the fridge ready to go. Every once in a while, though, if they don't have that beer and that crowd ready to go, they will make it that four pack for you, which is just the nicest thing ever. But they did that for us. And Jerry 
picked it up for me and and told me what happened. Yeah, so he was basically like, any of you guys fans of Stone? And I was like, yeah, we're all of Stone. And so he like purposefully switched the label around because he made the four packs. They didn't have any four packs there at uh, Three Punks because they sell out because it's so darn good. Their beer is amazing. So they made a few four packs for us. Well, I was there, <laughs> and he just happened upside to do that. Down. So it's a little cool, it's pretty good, cool yeah, label. You need to save that one, man. That was... up. But yes, it's the. Uh, it was a inside joke that we all also found very funny as locals. Uh, hey. So I hope you, as locals listening, also find this kind of. Yeah, funny. hopefully it's a funny thing to you, because uh, I I would <laughs> thought it was hilarious. Steve, um, can I? I just want to point out real quick, and I was, it, thanks to the help of my my great great friend, he's he is literally the Tom to my Jerry, Mr. Tom Phillips. Uh, he helped me to uh, realize something very, very true that you're being a total hypocrite, sir, talking about away trips while you're literally on an away trip. Hey, you're I in Arizona. Scouting. How you dare know, you? I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't have to be here. Okay. You know, and I'm talking about the locals. I'm talking about travel to a stadium. Oh, whatever, Dad. I'm working in a lab. You know what I mean? It's different. Yeah, that doesn't no, look does like a lab to me. It made me chuckle. Though. That, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It made me laugh. <laughs> Of course, we, we, we talked time. about this last week, the, the Stephen Drew show last week. But you you can hear us mainly just kind of ad nauseum talk about the just too much the fact that we need allotment to actually make a, a thing yeah. work. So if there's no tickets, we can't organize a trip. That's right. pretty much and as easy as it goes. So it, until we until they tell us, hey, you, you can maybe get tickets for this as away supporters, as an official trip is very difficult. And and if there's no tickets available officially to people who aren't supposed to be there as season ticket holders there's really nothing we can do organized but again as we've said it's up to you individually uh, yeah. as those tickets go up for sale how they can be acquired and, and how you want to do it i hate and phoenix I mean, to put it in perspective like i hate phoenix you know say our home <laughs> match on the 29th of may if loyal allowed less fans less san diegans because they allowed vegas away supporters in we would like we would be furious you know what i mean like why don't you let our supporters in first and i mentioned it last week but usl standard is you know a way supporters have tickets a ticket allotment but not during covid not during you know these times so like you know you got to look at it from that perspective too and have that kind of you know ability to take a step back and say you know if this if the, if the, if the tides were flipped you know we wouldn't want it the other way either so yeah i'm, I'm honestly expecting maybe maybe june in phoenix and then orange county i'm not sure but that would be maybe the first dates we might see someone say hey away fans can have tickets honestly just based yeah. on everything we'll i'm hearing nationally in the different markets that are represented here even um you know places like uh washington state right are going to be more tight-lipped uh, and even texas right where it's all open i don't know if anybody's going to make it all the way out to rio grande maybe that'll be the one that you can attend but um, some of these are on yeah. weird days, right? Like that's on a Thursday. I don't know who's going out on a Thursday unless you live in Texas, in which case you listen to this. Congrats. Maybe you'll be able to catch this match. Um, and, and you, you can go and, and hopefully be safe and have a great time. But, uh, yeah, for the, most of us, I don't think we're really going to be looking at anything until June, um, you know, in, in an organized way, at least looking at these dates. Uh, but beyond that, and then we have a lot of home dates, right? So we don't have to think about going away, which is great. And then maybe on the back half, as we've always talked about in those kind of August, September dates, uh, we can really have some awesome trips, especially Vegas there in September is when I have my eye on that looks like a I had date. no idea uh, I was ever going to drive to uh, to Las Vegas to go watch LAFC. That's the weirdest thing <laughs> ever. <laughs> Never thought in my life that I would drive to Las Vegas to watch LAFC in a home match. 
right? It's weird. Uh, but yeah, there you go. It, it you happens. can see some of these are on weird days, right? Usually That'd what cool. they did nicely, at least to our opponents, is gave our LA opponents, you know, if they are midweek games, they only have to drive here instead of fly somewhere. And I think they did something similar for us with a lot of these dates too. So, um, you know, if you are looking at that, hopefully they are a little bit more commutable. Uh, later in the season, but it does look mostly like our, our harder days of the week, as well as our harder days to travel to are going to be mostly early season, which most of us can't make anyway. So Yeah, OC matches are all Wednesdays. We'll, we'll see how it eats up. All the OC matches are all on Wednesdays, but the ho- their home matches. It's annoying. It's like we have some ultra culture they want to keep out of the stands, but we'll still outnumber their, their supporter group. Sorry, guys, we love you, but uh, we're still... You know, you're still Orange County. We're still in San Diego. So we're this is dangerous. This is dangerous right here. Vegas is a Friday. Vegas is a Friday. That, that I noticed. As well. You know, Oof. Phoenix has a couple in there that are that are Fridays as well, right? So it's got the first one's a Friday. Second one's a Saturday. Second one's Saturday. a Saturday. Yeah, and then the and you have uh, the home ones here are Saturday and Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, those are big. Uh, we need do, a trip. Do you like a Sunday match or a Saturday match? What do you prefer, generally, John? John, what do you prefer? What's your, as a man who's steered in the mystique and kind of the, just seeps <laughs> in the marination of soccer, as as somebody who shows up early and loves the whole like day of it? What's your favorite day? You like Saturday or Sunday better? I like Saturday. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Give us a day to recover. Hey, yeah, that's yeah. that's the big part is the day to recover. And it, <laughs> you know, you got the full day there with the Saturday. You got Friday. Yeah. Weekend. I mean, fortunately for me, I work a Monday through Friday job, so uh, the weekends work perfectly. I know that doesn't work for everybody, but for me, it would be Saturdays. Yeah, yeah. I like okay. the mystique of a Sunday. Sometimes it's nice to have that kind of, you know, hey, we're the one game on that everybody's watching. That's kind of fun on a Sunday. But yeah, I do think the for supporters culture uh, Saturday with our voices, especially if you do have to teach <laughs> or or speak in front of anyone. Uh, I'm sure that Saturday is much more preferred uh, just for generally uh, the the whole wind up and and cool down, right? Um, But yeah, let us know in the comments too if you guys have any thoughts. If you like a weird weird midweek matchup, sometimes those Thursday nights are are crazy and have a whole different energy anyway. Those kind of midweek matches where people are just letting it out. It's raw. It's really fun. Yeah. If we're going, we haven't mentioned yet where would be the out of conference matches. Um, So there's, you know, we we talked about this kind of the structure a bunch before. Yeah. Um, four, four out of conference, quote unquote, out of conference four. matches. Those four are Rio Grande, uh, Louisville. Those are both away early, and then uh, uh, Real Real Monarchs midseason August seventh, and at the end, New Mexico United comes to town um, hey. October seventeenth. Who's the four out of conference? We've had a little bit of like a love dalliance with those guys. They, you yeah, know, that whole group has seemed like they really Good embraced people. us just openly and uh, sent out like feelers and, and messages when we first started to a few of us, just saying, "Hey, you guys are in for a great thing." We just went through this. It was kind of after their first year, so it'll be really fun to connect with New Mexico. I think we have kind of a kindred spirit, and we both hate Phoenix a lot. So yeah. we have that in common. I hate Phoenix. It's fun. So uh, I Perfect. do think this like frenemy or like bro like uh, stepbrothers type thing is definitely uh, we could call it like the stepbrother derby for sure because that's kind of how it feels a little bit is like did we become best friends i don't know but, uh, <laughs> maybe fighting with a bike and a in a tire for for a little bit in the yard here uh later this year so that's that's the one i definitely have circled on my calendar that i'm most looking forward to is that just because the variety because you're going to play these other teams so yeah. much that it feels like when i was writing them in here i was like oh my gosh like sacramento republic we're going to get them a lot we didn't see them as much last year but we'll get them a lot this year and 
Uh, is there anybody who you're who you're tired uh, of seeing on this calendar already? I think Galaxy Two is that one date that's just going to always keep coming up, and you're like, "What is this match going to be? I don't know what to deal with." Is there anybody else who you look at the schedule and you're just like, "Not like bad, or not like a uh, scared of, just like bad." Like, ah, I don't know about this date. No, give yeah, us all. I, all no, I mean, I'll the last thing them. I'll really say about the schedule we've talked about trends would be end of the season. We play a lot of Sunday matches. I think that has to do with a lot with USD football. Um, I think four of our last five home matches are Sundays, uh, 3 PM home matches, you know, starting in late September. So starting to maybe cool off and get some afternoon, beautiful, you know, early fall afternoon soccer. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. To that point, the reason that I think, yeah, it's great is that we do have the stadium to our teams, our club self from pretty much that late May through when we talked about that period, June 12th, pretty much through the late August period, that'll be entirely Loyal's field. So nobody else will be playing there. Legion won't be playing there. And then football will come in uh, late at the late end of the summer there. But that's the nice part is we will have a almost, uh, which in soccer in the United States for a shared stadium is a very rare thing to have a pitch to yourself for that long. So I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see how that holds up as well. Cause we know that through the middle of the year, it did look a little more, torn up uh last year as as is the case anytime you're playing multiple sports rugby football that kind of stuff with bigger cleats there's been uh, so a few games i think like from the women's and the men's football uh soccer team for usd recently that were played in the uh the field itself it doesn't look like it's in the greatest of shape and that you can see the football uh lines on it actually so i mean we'll see so yeah you're right drew it's very important and it's good to know that you know we get it all to ourselves at least for a, a, a portion of it even is, yep. is is a good thing. So um, we need to move on, guys. We need to get into John because yeah, yeah. we have a lot to talk about with John. Here's the thing. If you're going to hang out a little bit after, we might hit some a few more things about the schedule, possibly, maybe. Uh, but like I mentioned, please go in and follow our friends over at Unnamed Soccer Podcast as well as Fairweather, who did a very good job of uh, you know talking about the schedule as well. And we'll continue to talk about it as we go through. Um, there's a lot of you that uh, chimed in about places that you want to go, but... Uh, you know, our our dad over here, Steve, had to come and make it, <laughs> whatever. Um, so to jump into our guest today, and uh, no jump into him, but uh, to get into a, a conversation with John. Uh, I appreciate you having me in your background this entire time, by the way, John. I really appreciate that's it. That's how I didn't change it, yeah. <laughs> you are. That's, yeah. that's the sequence I'm working on right now is the March to the match from March awesome. 7th. Oh, that's awesome. That, yeah, yeah. It's Drew. Do that again. Look, 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 look. It's exactly it. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, I, I can't see the chat, but I would like to do a quick shout out to Jeff Barger because he was the one who supplied that clip right there that is going to be in the documentary because I was somewhere else and I didn't get that shot. So that is going to be a very prominent piece. I want to personally thank him very much publicly. Thank him very much for that clip. Yeah. yeah and of course, it's ugly face uh no but i i uh, very excited to get into this conversation with you john because you've been doing a lot of work not just with the documentary here that you're doing for the locals uh i believe the title is forever loyal correct all right i got it right uh yeah i'm very much a member of patreon and have been enjoying all of that but not only that you've been working with the soccer community here in san diego and doing you know, documentaries, little mini docs on everything going on in the soccer uh, 
community and culture here in San Diego, which there's a lot of surprisingly large amount. And the fact that you have put aside so many projects that I've saw that list and you're working on this documentary means the world to to all of us. So we're glad to have you, sir. For those of you, again, that don't know who John Cross is, he is uh, what you would call just a gentleman, a scholar, a scholar, and he's also part of Big Pine Digital, or he is Big Pine Digital. Uh, yes, I, I am. <laughs> he is Big Pine Digital and Soccer Shorts, which you can go and check out on YouTube right now. Uh, but even better, you should be supporting on Patreon. He's doing local grassroots stories that you need to watch, that you need to really, really watch. I promise you, there's so much cool stuff. Drew knows about it. Bridge Barcada has a couple of episodes in there. Uh, you yeah. go through a lot of different groups. So, John, let's get into it, man. I want to know, first and foremost, how did you get into the sport of soccer? Because I know that you have a bit of a background in it. Well, my father is English. And that's that's the first kind of piece. And he... He was one of the people, I, I grew up for a little while in Rancho Bernardo, and um, he, along with some other people, started the very first youth league that was out there. And I play. I was in third grade, and I remember playing, and I was horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, but I also loved it. And that year, my parents divorced, and we went back up to, with my mom, back to Palm Springs, which is where her family was from. And I kept playing, and then all of a sudden something happened between the third grade and fourth grade. And all of a sudden I was very good at playing soccer. Um, but I, I loved it. always had a passion for it. When I was growing up in Palm Springs, I would be one of those, I don't know because of my age, how many people remember this, but there was a show, actually, I think they have a reboot of it now, but soccer made in Germany was an hour long show on PBS with Toby Charles. And I would lead, we would be doing our neighborhood baseball games, football games, basketball games, whatever we were playing in the neighborhood with all the kids. But whenever that came on, I think it was like Thursdays at four o'clock in the afternoon or five o'clock, I would leave to go watch soccer made in Germany because it was my only taste that I could get of soccer. Um, and I did that for years and then kept playing, played through high school. And uh, I've just have been a fan and been in love with the game probably initially is influenced by my father, but um, I think I uh, have surpassed him in my, <laughs> my passion for the game because I think I drive him a little crazy with my, my love for soccer. Um, that's that's my, my general background. Yeah. So I think for a lot of people, that show was actually kind of the gateway into it because it was all you could really watch for a long time in the U.S., right? Soccer made in Germany. That was like right, and and especially English speaking. Yeah. Um, yeah, we did have you know my Spanish is still not fantastic, um, but we did get uh, a Spanish channel sometimes on UHF. You could pick it up because again, I'm that old, getting signals on UHF on my television. Um, but we could pick up some. I remember watching some World Cup matches. Um, one of the nice things about growing up in Palm Springs is you had so many people who were not native to California mm -hmm. and came from all over the world. So there would be organized watch parties. And we had a, one summer, I remember we had our local access channel actually air the World Cup matches. It's somehow somebody had helped arrange for that and with like special closed circuit 
access to the World Cup. And I want to say it's like 78, I think it was, um, which was fantastic for a kid who loves soccer and you couldn't get it anywhere else. It was yeah. barely on. You, you got the NASL sometimes growing up, but uh, to be able to get high level international soccer was fantastic. Yeah, that's like being on YouTube for the first time. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, you're exposed to this thing. Like, there's just so many possibilities that you didn't have before by just being able to absorb through osmosis, right? Like the whole process. That is, that is cool. That's super cool. So then, kind of going from your background in the sport into your current, you know, role in life slash involvement with the sport. You're a high school teacher. I know you've coached high school soccer. How did that kind of transition from? watching PBS as a kid into the, where you are now with, with, with regards to soccer specifically, we'll transition into your documentary okay. videography um, in a minute. Well, I, um, I played in high school, um, but was had a little, I guess, conflict with the coach and didn't play my senior year, uh, chose to, to step away from the game, uh, had a chance to play some, well, thought about, which was foolish, first of all, but thought about walking on at San Diego State when I went there. And I remember going out, thinking about it, went to watch a, a little practice and immediately was like, okay, these guys are way better than I am. They're, I have no chance of making this team. Um, but did play some pickup games with some people from the teams at different times. It just always stayed involved. But when I was in college, I, the apartment, my very first apartment I lived in was next to a park. And I just go down there and kick the soccer ball around sometimes just when I had some extra time. And one day I was there and this youth team showed up uh, and I just started talking with the coach. And the next thing I knew was I was assistant coach for the team. And then I started coaching within that club. And then I started at my current high school and I was the coach there for a little while. Um, and then a variety of things I stepped back from the game. One, one of the issues for now for really stepping away from the coaching or being involved in that way is um, my issues with skin cancer. I just, I can't be out in the sun the same way. Um, so I took a step back, a, a big step back from that. And I think that's what helped channel also some of the video portion of it. Mm. Cool. Yeah. It's, it, it's pretty incredible to see your, your story kind of, you know, be a, a light that's not just, you know, something that, has to follow your passion but almost has to transition from modal of life right you know i'm in this phase of life i'm here where i where i now need to do this or, or my life has determined where where i need to go here but the passion um underlying that kind of the river under all of it is is that love of the game and just trying to find a way and an outlet to get there and when i first met you um was mostly through barcada and then through some of this through soccer city as well but um you know that was kind of the the duality was we would go out and we would do that, but um, really seeing you at the, those events made sense. We would see other cameras. We'd see other people there. You were always there longer. You always had the best angles. Um, you also had more of an angle on, on us as supporters always, which was awesome. Um, and, and to me, that's what stood out. But it was when you came to Barcada, nobody was there. It was just me, Carl, and a few other people, and, and you would help us clean. And I was, we were like, hey, man, you want to play? And you're like, I, I, just, I just can't play as much anymore. I'm just not into it. Uh, but I want to document this. I want to be here for the story. And I just love what you guys are doing. Um, and you were really one of the first people there. So so John is part of what we started. He, he just 
uh, liked filming and, and watching it happen and then being a part of helping uh, as, well, as well as he could. But um, that was, you know, always something that, you know, to me, you, you with the camera there is one of the things I always remember is like, we're all just here kicking around in this thing under an overpass and this guy really wants to point a camera and it knew, you know, that this was something that was, you know, yeah. obviously a you could see before any of us could see what was happening there. And so that talent, um, you know, to know we were talking before where to point a camera and not just that, getting into the multimedia side beyond, as you said, the coaching and, and, and maybe finding a different phase of life for that. But beyond that, what really drew you to telling stories? Because uh, that's really what it is, right? And soccer shorts these days, local grassroots stories, telling these stories of people that you had met in the in the soccer industry and then taking up that medium. What parts of those, I guess, spoke to you and what skills maybe did you have starting out? Well, I had always had an interest in video production my whole life. I don't know if it was growing up in Palm Springs or not, or any of that influence. I always loved movies. I had a friend whose father um, was the lead singer for the Diamonds, the old 50s group, uh, and had some Hollywood connections. Um, and, and I loved the idea of movies and movie making, but it was nothing I ever seriously pursued going to college, because I think my parents would have killed me if I ever pursued something along those lines. Um, but it was always Especially just in the time too. Yeah. Right. Well, it was always in <laughs> yeah. the back of my mind. You know, we had yeah. growing up, I don't know how we acquired it, but growing up, we ended up with a right at the boom of when it was the VHS Theta Wars. We ended up with a RCA VHS camera and a player and a television. And all of a sudden, we had all these new things. And I played around with that camera all the time. They had a great um, single frame image button on there. So I do all these stop motion kind of videos, just spend hours out in the backyard moving cars and other things around to create six seconds of footage, you know, by the end of the day. So I always had an interest and then never really did much with it afterwards. But once I had a family, um, I really got into the idea of documenting our travels, our vacations, what we do. And from a very early age, we'd get the kids to... I. The kids hated it at first and then they loved it, but every hour someone had to give me five minutes of like whatever it is, wherever we are, whatever we're doing, just give me five minutes. Um, and then, then I would edit them and put them together and make these own movies out of them. And we, to this day, we had a big trip we took to Britain in 2007 and all my kids are grown. They're adult. I think the youngest, if I can remember correctly, is 23 right now. They they all come back and watch this. They love going back to watch, especially that video. That was a really big, big trip that we mm -hmm. did. Um, and just laugh about it. And just because it's it's them telling their story. Um, and I think that's the style I like to do. If you've seen any of the stuff we do in soccer shorts is to I try not to tell it like a broadcast journalism piece where I'm narrating a lot of it and showing a few clips. I really, it's important to me to capture the voice and try to tell the story of, tell the story from the viewpoint of the subjects and have them craft and tell the story. I just weave it together, hopefully in a way that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but really have it be their story and not my voice and story on there as much as possible. I guess it is my voice and story because I'm editing it, but um, but really have it be told through the subject's words. 
so I, I did that with home video and um, everybody enjoyed them. I've done some other family ones. And what I had started to do is I started to do a business to do family history videos because I was getting into genealogy and go and set up cameras and record, especially elderly relatives who, uh, you know, capture those stories on film that we all have. We all have the relatives who tell the great stories, but capture those on film. So you always have those and you can pass those down to generations. So I had an idea to do that. And then um, I, know, I was in someplace and saw a flyer for, well, it kind of two things happened at the same time. I was doing the video production um, program at our school and it got cut. And just budget reasons, different things, they made a decision to cut it. And all of a sudden, I, I just, I had extra time. And along the same time, I was in a place uh, up here in Escondido and saw an ad for North County Battalion, a new team that had started up. And I was like, all right, I'll go check it out. And I ended up started talking to people. I don't remember who I talked to on that day, but I remember sending an email to Jason Barbato, one of the owners, and just said, and it was a, it was probably a painful loss, if I remember correctly. I think they were up 2-0 and they lost 3-2 by the end of the game. But I sent this email just talking about, I just had a great time. It was the first experience I ever had where I felt like soccer culture was, was starting with a local team. And just said, hey, I have some experience doing these things. So if you'd like any help. And then next thing I knew, I'm helping do their live stream broadcasts with the North County Battalion. And then when they rolled over into surf as well. So I worked a lot with Nate Abrea in doing that those two years. Uh, that's where I met Marissa and uh, DK, especially my introduction to DK was there with, uh, with North County Battalion. Um, and then it was DK in, in and around this time also is when the Chargers left. And we had Soccer City come up. And I remember telling my wife that, like, I don't know what I'm doing exactly, but I'm going to take my camera. And I was out there on the midway when they made that first announcement. I said, I'm going to film. And that was when I first got back involved with the American Outlaws. And I was filming the TIFO that they were doing yep. for that game. And I said, I'm going to document this and tell a story from a supporter's perspective, however this plays out. And that was what, what was my intention. And, you know, it wasn't going to a vote initially and all this stuff. And I thought, all right, I had this plan. I'm going to record this. And starting in June in the summer, so when my school year finishes, then I'm going to, I'm going to release an episode a month. I planned out like six episodes, and I'll release the final episode right after the election. Of course, we all know how, if you're from San Diego, you know how the story played out. And um the election gets pushed back a full year. It gets very political. I was still filming, but it just became a story that I didn't find was going to be fun for me to tell. I, I didn't want to invest the time and energy in telling that story. I think there's a very interesting story there that should be told. It doesn't interest me though to tell that story. It's not the yeah. kind, I don't want to do the investigative journalism story. That's not my style. Again, if you've seen any of the things that we've put together. Um, so as all that's winding down and you know, soccer city, as we know, didn't pass with the election. And right before that is when Bridge Barcada starts up and everybody keeps asking me, what, what are you going to do with all the footage that you have? Are you still going to do this? And I'm like, I, I don't think so. I'm not excited about it anymore. It's it's no longer the story. I would it didn't have to be that Soccer City was successful for me to tell the story. 
it just got so ugly. It wasn't yes, a fun story to tell anymore. It did. Yeah. Right. So, and then I remember right before all that happened, telling my wife, I was saying that, you know, when, when they were doing the last round of MLS expansions, I was like, well, we're probably never getting a professional team here. Um, so, so when that happened and the Chargers left, I was like, okay, here's my opportunity. I'm going to document it. I'm going to just, I'm going to have fun and, and just tell a story from a fan's perspective. So Soccer City was the election right before that Bridge Barcada starts up. And I was frustrated, yes, a little bit because I had put in 18 months of work, like lots of people trying to get the Soccer City pass, but in the footage right. and everything I had, so what am I going to do with all this, all these interviews I did, all this footage? But what I realized, and what I especially realized with Bridge Barcada, was there are still so many wonderful stories to tell about our soccer culture here in San Diego. And I'd met so many people. One of the best things about that whole Soccer City initiative was that it pulled our entire soccer community together for that period of time. And I got to meet so many more people that I never would have met otherwise and um, make connections, hear other people's stories. And then as the Bridge Barcada stuff was unfolding and I, I, as Drew said, I was there, I came for the very, the second one. I wasn't there at the first one, but the first one, and I found out about it because DK posted something and I was like, all right, I'm showing up for the second one. I didn't bring a camera. I just, I'm really curious about this. I want to get out there and I, I helped clean, but I, it was too hard on my knees to play on that concrete under the bridge. You know, I'm 50 in my fifties. So uh, I think I had just been turned 50 that right around that time. And I just, my knees couldn't take that couple hours of playing on concrete. It's so big too under there. People don't understand. It's about the size of an indoor field. It, it's it's large in the yeah. original barcada. So it isn't the size of like a basketball or futsal court. It is much wider and larger. So there is, we would run under there and it would be probably unhealthy for our lungs looking back somewhat until we cleaned it out more. But yeah, it was, it was just so, uh, you know, it, it is, it, and it's hot too. It was hot when we first started. So you would just, get heated up real fast and get worn out but it felt great but it was that sense of like am I, is my body okay with this all of us were you know and most of us were in our 30s starting too so it was like is my body okay with this? and we were all finding out kind of where our limits were and, and how to play too so we were all meeting each other with kind of like hey are you good am i good you know and, and for sure so it was a question of are you gonna keep playing but he kept showing up he kept showing up at the camera and saying like i want to be here for this because this is something that obviously people are drawn to and, and reaching out to you to want to be a part of, which was the interesting part. And I think, you know, continuing to shine a light and ask us questions made us almost ask, what are we doing here too? And so I think it, it uh, your ability to see a spark and notice it, um, you know, kind of helped fan our flame at least a little bit from that standpoint. So thank you for that. But it was yeah um, something where from my end, I think it's, it's really amazing to see where you are able to take those stories and in our our story the the barcada story is very much seminally on john's uh timeline there on youtube so if you want to check it out yeah go and check it out it has come out publicly and yeah the then I... one he's still queuing up but that's that really is you know kind of what he does he he takes it he distills it and, and tells those stories so thank you so much for being there and helping document our frustration out of the end of what <laughs> talking about, which is we were all frustrated. We wanted to do something and that was yeah. what we did. And as you said, when you're trying to edit, editing is most of the energy, right? So that's, that's the thing for me where 
I can totally feel that you got to that point just that I can't, I can't really put the real energy into this to make it something that's enjoyable because I don't enjoy, you know, the idea of it. And that, that makes a ton of sense. Sorry, Steve. No, no, no. That's great. Um, I would just going to kind of transition into like, you know, yeah, John, you mentioned the outlaws. That's kind of how I really got to know you really well. And then obviously through the soccer city experience and then, you know, through what we were building with the locals, I remember having a conversation with you really early on um, the episode, you know, the first episode that aired um, Sunday talked a little bit about that April meeting, which you were invited to and involved with. Um, and I remember from that day and even before those conversations, conversations with you where you talked about, you know, you wanted to document our process. You wanted to, you know, as much as you, you know, you could be involved with, you wanted to be um, invited to. So, you know, some of those first early, early meetings, you know, I always reached out to you and said, Hey, John, we're going to be here. If you want to come, like, you know, you're more than welcome because these are moments that, you know, we can never get back. And like, who else, I would rather have nobody else kind of be there to, you know, put your camera and put your touch on that because, you know, sure we could set up a camera in the corner and, you know, record these moments, but there's nothing like, you know, somebody being there and doing it. So like the first time we read through the bylaws, uh, you were there. Our first leadership meeting, absolutely nobody was there that wasn't already in elected leadership, but you. And so like, we wanted to include you in that because, part of my motivation for including you in all this is because this is a passion project for you. Like you're not here to monetize this. Like you're not here to, you know, put this out there and try to sell this in any way. Like you're putting a ton of work into this, just like we are, like we're trying to build the locals and like build this culture and do what we can here. And we're put, yeah, we're putting a lot of work in, but so are you. And like what you're doing is amazing. So I just want to say, thank you so much. Um, you're a dear friend to me and I, I, I appreciate you. And uh, love you dearly, and I can't wait to give you a big hug. Uh, after <laughs> it's on record, John. It's on record now. This is recorded. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so you can always go back and be like, "Hey, Steve, look, you said you said you love me." Uh, <laughs> so there you go. Well, can you give me five more minutes? <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, uh, please. It, it, you're absolutely right, Steve. John's not monetizing this, but I will monetize it for him. Y'all, go, please help him out because. This is a lot of work. This is hours and hours and hours and hours and hours upon hours and hours of work. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash soccer shorts. Like, just go. It's literally as little as a dollar a month. Yeah. It's and talk nothing. about the hours. I mean, I put together the the locals video that we that we did for the um the name the name thing, and that took me like 20 hours of work for two minutes. And like John is and doing it was like still, and it, episodes on episodes on episodes on episodes. Like and it yeah, looks so it looks so yeah. like rough. So when we were doing that, it was like last minute. So you yeah. can imagine how much work it takes to make something look good. Like it really is a lot of work. John and I were talking about it before you guys joined us today. Like it's just I can't believe that this is actually gonna be an eight part series. Crazy. Well, and once you start tinkering, you tinker away too. Like, and then he—he's a true professional. He really is. Is the audio right? Are you Does this sounding good? Does this sound well? Or is the I, lighting? I play like... one on TV. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, no, but you really do. You really. Hey, the color. I can notice in your edits, right? Not every Patreon does, and we we don't we don't put it there in the comments every time. But like, I'll notice. Hey, he, he did some more color work here. He brought the lighting just a little bit here, you know, down just to like give it, you know hey a more consistent feel from here to here to where i'm not jarred from this cut to the next one where i felt before like hey this is there so it's, it's really those decisions that honestly take so much time you think hey you chop it up it's like a meal uh you do this this and this and then you cook for 30 minutes but 
film editing is just such a labor of love. As I said, it is, you have to love what you're working on. You hate it by the end. That is the truth. You will always hate it <laughs> yeah. by the time there, you're there done. Is some truth whatever that. music choice, whatever music choice you make, you resent. You're just like, why did I choose this music? It was the dumbest choice. And then, the, you know, even if it's a great song that you love, like you just, by the end of editing, you've heard the same bar of that song so many times it's stuck in your head. So it is something where John gives his hours, gives his time, uh, the money through Patreon that you can give back to him is simply just a token to say, hey, I see yeah, you. I appreciate you. It's not recouping <laughs> really uh, the time no. mountain of, of wealth here. It's just saying, hey, man, this is, hey, um, you know, the, the it's making it worth his time and making him more interested. If he wants to be able to drive down to a certain thing, it, it makes it more worth his ability to do that and fills the gas in his tank just a little bit more to do it because um he loves it and he'll do it anyway but to me it's it's that kind of thing that makes this whole group makes the locals work and makes things like what john's doing work so um you know by extension somebody asked i think in a comment like is he part of bum tv it's like john is to me one of the things that makes us want to do <laughs> bum tv is because of somebody like john is because yeah. he's uh, so yeah what are we getting ourselves so into dude with what he does yeah <laughs> like, right like oh man john's like you guys don't even know idiots <laughs> He's the, he's the you know, inspiration in some ways, for sure. So that's, um, you know, to me, we can't, you know, give enough of our at least, you know, effort and time. And at least a click is also good, too. If you can't give your money and you just don't have the money in the bank account yeah. these days, just let people see it on YouTube. That also helps them out because those those views rack up and they help with ads, too. So just any way you can kind of point people towards this stuff. You know, John's one of the best locals here we got. And so just make Dude. make sure people know about his stuff for sure. Uh, he the, embodies what it means. Like I've, yeah, exactly. I've shown up randomly to random. Look at John's parts. turning red. Can you fix your, can you adjust your uh, color over there? <laughs> but, <laughs> can you like, like honestly, like I, I was like downtown San Diego, like a couple years ago. And I showed up to the Barca bar for like, at like noon randomly. And John was there. Like, it's just like, Oh, Hey John, like, He's just always He's there. just always like, there. Unbelievable. Uh, it's true. Like, uh, it's you know, so it's else just to somebody to talk to. Like, yeah. You're just, you're just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Again, you help him out yeah. on your Patreon. It's worth You give him five minutes of your time, but it's also the thought of, hey, I showed up at a random soccer event. Who am I supposed to? Oh, John's there. Thank God. Yeah. yeah, yeah. To talk to. <laughs> hey. And as a Patreon, he's obligated to talk to you. So that, there you go. That's, this this show is going to go a little bit longer, but that's okay because we have John with us. Uh, I do have to jump into, we have some really important questions, Drew, um, that have been asked, not just just by our listeners today, something that I've been wondering as well, and I think it's really important. You're, you're talking about how like he can get some money. Does he get paid? You know, from this? It, not really. It's basically gonna make sure that he can just you know have the time and and probably tell his wife like, hey, at least it's I'm making something, uh, and make sure that she's okay with it too. But I think you know one of the Buying big DVD things. Tapes. They're they're not free. They're no, yeah, they're yeah. not. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. The yeah. memory, the computers, all the equipment. Yeah, whatever you're buying. Uh, yeah. but like to me, well, and this goes a little bit into you know, is is there a way for you to monetize this? Uh, you know, we've been wondering really, John. And the question on all of our minds is how do you how do you get a hat named after you? First of all, <laughs> um, that's a John Cross hat. And then, oh, I don't have mine in here. I was going to bring it up. Oh, well, uh, it's available. Uh, it's at the shop, San Diego Loyal Shop. You can get your own John Cross hat. Uh, are you getting a cut of the profits from that? No. <laughs> wow, think, Ricardo. Hold I think on. Paul Neck who started that, actually. I don't remember who started <laughs> I'm that. I'm going to call Ricardo right now. 
Me too. Let's he, do he, it. he 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 uh he started the John Cross hat. I think Paul did. Yeah. Mm. So, so that's just it makes sense though to me. Somebody that you know would would once in a while need to go outside and, and work in a yard. That hat is perfect for everything. Um, how did that come to be? Is that just something that you had? You started well, no, that's, as I mentioned before, my, my skin cancer issues, which unfortunately yeah. I didn't find out until very late runs in the family. It's one of those things, you know, where I found out after my first bout of skin cancer that my dad had had multiple ones. And I was like, see, you didn't think to share this? Is your dad Mexican? Is your dad Mexican? Because I have this same exact problem. <laughs> like, that's oh, well, solely a thing. Like, parents don't, they hide everything from right. amnesia. <laughs> amnesia, yeah. So, I, you know, it was funny because my brother and I both, um, within a month of each other, had malignant skin cancer and had to have surgeries. And, you know, and then we find out, my dad's like, oh, yeah, it was no big deal. Like, no big deal. No big deal. <laughs> it's like, Excuse I, me? Well, and it was the thing you go into the doctor and and you go, okay, like they're just going, the doctor wants to talk to you about it. It's all right. So we have a couple options. We can start you on chemo for two weeks or and I'm like, well, wait, I thought we were just like freezing it off or something. It's like, <laughs> oh no, no, no. So um, that totally oh. changed. I mean, I was a shorts and short sleeve t-shirt kind of person and overnight went to um, long sleeve shirts and, and the hat. A lifeguard hat, right? So, uh, um, and I think people have come to recognize me now in that hat because this has been going on for a decade. So anywhere I go, every event, if it's out in the day, I have long sleeve shirt on. I sometimes wear shorts. It kind of depends on the, how hot it is outside. But I've got sunscreen on. I have my hat. Um, and everybody at my school where I teach knows me. In fact, my profile picture is my lifeguard hat with sunglasses and my camera right there because everybody knows. Like they just have to see that and they know who it is. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It, so it, I mean, it that's like a silhouette. Yeah. Right. It's totally a silhouette. You know how they say like it, it's Star Wars. It, every character has to have a silhouette, or otherwise they they won't use that character yeah. as one of the main characters. Like you have to be able to see like R two D two. Uh, you have to be able to see Darth Vader, just a silhouette. That's it, and you'll recognize what it is. The John Cross silhouette is totally you in that hat. It, it has to be, yeah. That's a good one, it's Drew. The, tri the tripod <laughs> with the camera with a hat. Box. Yeah, there you go. We need those stickers, man. This is what we want. Yeah, filming you from out their back window. John Cross right? sticker. <laughs> so we're kind of at ninety, almost ninety minutes, and I think to wrap things up, I think I'd like to touch on the welcome back kind of the 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 video that, that we did as the locals and you put together uh, at the return to play last year. So, you know, for any listeners or anybody who ha wasn't involved with locals back then, um, who's listening or watching, we put together kind of a short two-minute clip that would fit on Twitter um, of all of us talking to cameras at home. Kind of a kind of pre-scripted, but kind of some freedom to put it together. And essentially, this was a five days before the match, something like that, John, that's kind of what I remember. It kind of came to mind. But yeah, I got it about 48 hours at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it kind of came to mind and I just kind of said, Hey, let's, you know, this would be a fun project. I know the, just the guy to put it together and I were texting you and I said, Hey, this is a, it's kind of ambitious. And I think this might be asking a lot of you, but 
is this something you'd be willing to do? And you, you kind of fired back with, yeah, let's do it. You know, this is going to be a lot of work, but hell yeah. And we got a lot of videos. We got a lot of responses. Um, it took me a lot of alcohol to be able to speak to a camera outside, <laughs> with that. Um, but I was happy to do it. And I think it was, I think it turned out really well. So if you want to kind of talk about that process a little bit and, you know, kind of what that was like from you, your perspective, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, it's the first time I've done a video along those lines. And mm -hmm. I have to say, and thank you, Steve, absolutely, because you made that whole process super easy on my end because you you had the script, you contacted everybody, and people responded right away. So clips came in early. Yeah. So for me, it was just massaging them together. Right. And it was, I think the hardest thing about doing a piece like that is when you get enough clips, you it's like doing something like this. You you're constantly cutting out things that are good. You know, yeah. there there are good things people submitted that don't make it into the final cut, and and you just know that when you edit, you know that you have to sometimes cut your favorite thing because it just doesn't fit the story, um, or it's maybe you know someone really when you have a montage piece like that, someone you don't want someone to dominate the whole thing. Um, so it's just picking and choosing those ones. And I was, I was really more disappointed that some people who did send in some good things just didn't, didn't make it into the final version. Uh, but I was happy with what we were able to turn around in that. And again, my job was super easy because of what you put together and, and what everybody else did and they submitted. And I know it's hard because that was, you know, you don't get someone else to go film. Everybody was completely on their own to say, here, say something along these yeah. lines and say it into your own camera and just send your footage away. It's hard. So, so that was to, like, to commit, commit to the verbiage and like do it yeah. well. Like, and everybody did. Everybody did a fantastic. And you had people like Topia, shout out, who had their yeah. uh, oh, yeah. smoke I, bombs, I bro. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. Which is for great. sure, that was commitment. Do you never expect it? You just send it out, and like nobody asked, nobody, you know, it just comes back with this incredible stuff. That's you know, that's the fun of that is you're just raking well, and doing that, and it was incredible to see what you put together. I'd like to just as a side note, just because we mentioned Paul, um, we have a a special song that's going to be debuting on the Forever Loyal series. So for anybody who's on Patreon, did you'll hear it in episode six, but it's going to be when we do the public release part of the opening title awesome. sequence and closing credits. So I don't know who's heard it yet, but um, we all have. I'm, I'm excited about that. The three of us have heard it. We, um, yeah, it's good. In the backyard from a phone though. It, that's that. true. In the backyard <laughs> from a phone. It's true. But that is, that is another nice thing along with this, the storytelling and doing the series on the locals. Um, we have some locals helping with artwork and locals helping with music and, and we have a lot of people, locals, donating footage to help be part of this. And I'm just kind of putting everything together. And and you're right, I, I don't do anything, I guess, uh, I want to be careful how I say this. I don't not monetize it because I have the Patreon, right? But that's really the only, I'm just kind of going that route and not selling anything yeah you're not like, like big media intend, you're not yeah no. i don't intend anything like hey i'm gonna sell these for 20 bucks a copy for anybody who wants right. one they're they're gonna be out on youtube for everybody to see and have and it's more like a, i guess a pbs model of hey if you're if you enjoy this and you're willing to support it please help out and along those lines as well i'd like to give a huge shout out to tom phillips the birthday boy 
because he was my very first patron on Patreon. And he has been there the entire time that I have been doing soccer shorts. Yeah, and talking about him actually really quick, just have to mention, he wants to know if the four-hour John Cross director's cut is going to (laughs) be dropping of the locals doc. Well, how much and how much extra and how much extra, by the way. So he doesn't expect it for free. Do come in at over three total hours. And that's from probably more than 50 hours of footage that I have and more than a thousand clips. Tom's so demanding tonight. He's just like demanding (laughs) stuff from all of us today. He's like, well, three hours. But I mean, that's an extra hour, John, that you could give us. I mean, that's a four hour John Cross cut. (laughs) I mean, if you want to yeah, make it six, make it the six-hour John Cross would, cut. An, an extra hour is like 60 more hours of work. <laughs> yeah, but you can bring in a prequel and then bring in the meeting where Steve and Daryl are trying to get oh, the Black dude, Army yeah. supporters or whatever they were calling themselves <laughs> for a 1904 meeting and then juxtapose that with uh, what ended up becoming this group uh, would be kind of funny, too. So you can go like uh, pre- prequel episodes. And just so people prequel. know, like, John has footage, I'm sure, somewhere of that event. Like, yes. that's the crazy part is like, there's all these things that happened that like people kind of don't remember. There was a moment where we were also at Thunderhawk where we were trying to start a, a 1904 supporters group because at the time that was the only professional team coming here. Yeah. Uh, and the group of us that was, you know, some of us on this call were there. <laughs> literally yeah. Same place that we founded this group. Um, but it was just a different circumstance. So this last weekend, the total reflection of that is like just different times, different circumstances. But that was when they were an NSAL, NESL club uh, right. before they were a NISA club, just totally different worlds. But John has been there through it all. So there is just like all sorts of stuff like that that I'm sure is in his archives. I'm, I'm keeping this yeah. I'm keeping this up right here. I'm keeping this up right here because Travis has got to go to sleep. So we, we love you too. Uh, but shout out to Travis too because I know that he's helping out with some of the graphics for, yes. for this documentary. So you were mentioning about the... You know the the what? locals helping. Of course, uh, Travis is going to get his doing art? hand what? in art. Of course, he somehow weaselled his way into this documentary too. So have a great night, Travis. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Tom said thanks. Uh, oh, pay extra on Bum Max. Yeah, um, that's coming soon. That is the locals Patreon awesome. page right there. It's the OnlyFans, uh, the locals OnlyFans page called Bum Max. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'll gladly pay for the fifty-hour rough cut. Jeez, Tom. So literally, we'll, all, we'll all you what you're gonna need to do is just go over to John's house and just watch the footage there, so he doesn't have to do yeah, any work. Give him the hard drive. Just, yeah, we'll have an auction, and uh, Tom can just outbid everyone. Well, this, like, <laughs> you know, this whole series was just also a fortunate circumstance because. I was originally going to do something around the bum crest a year ago, January. And then I was going to do an episode of soccer shorts in April ish, you know, right after the season launch, I thought, well, let's just hold off on that story with the bum crest and let's just do a short, normal soccer shorts episode. So if anybody's seen our, how we originally started, um, we were just going to do something in April. And then as I was looking ahead at what my summer was going to look like, um, and this is really before the pandemic, right? Even, even though it was maybe loosely in the background and the radar and the news, but not really thinking that it would shut everything down. I was thinking that, all right, maybe I'm going to do a series of things. It's kind of like my original documentary. Maybe I'll start in June. I'll do June, July, August, September, kind of carry through the end of the USL season. And I started to shuffle some of my episodes around because I had so much footage, there was just a bigger story there that I just felt I couldn't fit in a normal soccer shorts episode. 
Uh, and then the pandemic hit and I was in the middle of three other episodes. I was doing an episode as you talked about, I was doing it on the local Barca group, you know, um, mm -hmm. Belgrana. And I was in the middle of just starting one we had done for um, the Unnamed Soccer podcast. So I'd like to get back to both of those. And I was actually also doing one that was ready to go but with the pandemic, we didn't think it would happen for the Pub Cup, for anybody who's participated in the Pub Cup before. So I had put an episode together for that, but we decided to, I talked with Dave and we decided to hold off because we just weren't sure if we were gonna be able to host the Pub Cup in June, like it normally is. So I had three episodes we were working on and then the pandemic hit and then we just didn't know what was gonna happen. So I was, in terms of soccer shorts, actually thankful that had all this footage and I could spend some time working on putting it together. It was just finding the right time also within my school schedule to, to finish it. And I always wanted to release it right before the season starts. So um, I guess I'll finish with mine. Our public release is going to be on April 22nd will be the first episode. We'll do an episode each day, night. I haven't decided on the times yet, but we'll do a new episode each day. So the final episode will air the day before the Phoenix match. So we'll do the the build up right through those those last days. Awesome. Um, cool. And then hopefully, because I'm not quite done, we'll hopefully get everything finished in time <laughs> to get that done. <laughs> yeah. That's part of having the you preview. The motivation. Well, part yeah. of having the preview on Patreon is also um, to make me make sure I get things finished in a timely fashion. <laughs> so like, now the pressure's sure on. It is. It, again, you can tinker. You can tinker forever. That's kind of what yes. I love about my work in IT as well. And I do uh, software production. I've always said that the, the th th through line between the two is they're very collaborative. You have to, even if you're doing a documentary all by yourself, shooting, you have to get people involved. And John is just great at this, pulling people aside. Can I get a few minutes of your time? Get a little bit. So you do have to get people involved, even if you're just pointing a camera at them. Same with software development. It takes a team, but you have to reiterate at the end of that. You have to update because people are expecting it versus in film. The nice part is you can ship it and then say, people might ask for a director's cut like Tom, the Snyder cut or whatever. But the nice part is you're done. You can say, I'm done, I shipped this and then move on to the next project. And so that is what's cathartic, I'm sure, but there is this deadline sense of it sometimes that's like, I could keep tinkering forever. I could keep changing this or move this here. And it's, it is hard. So we appreciate every time it comes out every Sunday, it, it makes it, it brightens my day, usually on Monday mornings when I'm checking it out. Uh, getting into my morning and just kind of digesting the day, uh, but it helps me uh, for sure and uh, something that I just thoroughly enjoy. So, anybody, if we haven't done enough of a commercial, check it out. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, you know, be our infomercial for for your Patreon. But at the same time, it's well, well worth, it, and it's something that we believe in as locals is helping other locals, uh, especially when they're giving directly to the community that we all love and we're trying to build. So, I'm yeah. really hoping as we hopefully actually are coming out of this pandemic that we can get back to what we started with and get back to telling our monthly local soccer stories. Cause I still have a list of, I'm not kidding, close to 70 things I've penciled out that I figure I can, I can go for years here. Um, there's, there are so many, I think very interesting stories about our local soccer culture um, that we still want to tell. So, so we've got years and years of, of material, hopefully ahead of us. Yeah, I hope and I so. Just, again, I want to say I want to say thank you to you for putting in this work. This is like, you know, all of our dreams are for this to grow and become this big thing. And so, ten years from now, you know, when 
the locals are well established and San Diego Loyal is well established. You know, we're, we'll always have this kind of content to look back on and say, well, this is how it was founded. You know, this is these are the roots of what we built here. And that's like irreplaceable. You know, you can't you can't go back and recreate those moments. And so thank you for the time and everything you've put in, because um, really, it's it, it's amazing. It, it I appreciate it so much. Yeah. So oh, well, you're welcome. It's, it's, as you said, it's a labor of love, you know, yeah. it's something that, that I enjoy doing. It is a ton of work, but I wouldn't do it if, if I didn't enjoy doing it sure. in the first place. Yeah. No, we appreciate you so very, very much. Hopefully you, can you stick around for a little bit as we yeah. close it out? Cool. Awesome. Um, the, the, the main thing for us is obviously please go and support because this is a, a, a lot of work. Um, and so to get him around and at least, Buy him a coffee. Like, <laughs> here's the thing: Patreon charges a, him as beer. on top. He of, also likes or a beer. beer, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or a beer or ten uh, or twenty. Uh, Patreon.com backslash soccer shorts. Go and check it out. Or go to YouTube too if you want to check out some of the stuff that he has on there for free. There's a there's a lot of stuff on there, uh, you know. And yes, Kim, we're getting there. Okay, uh, she's commenting about Jersey Mike. So let's just get into it. So we're going to get into some locals topics too, that we need to cover real quick. Uh, we're already running a little bit long, but we're going to really quick run through these. I have to mention just found out today. Thanks to Kim. Jersey Mike's is donating tomorrow at the time that you're listening to this. If you're listening right now on the 30th live now, right now, right now, it's going to be too late. Otherwise, no, Thursday no is too late. You blew it. Oh if, yeah. If, if you're listening right now and it's, and it's a Thursday to, I'm sorry. It's just, you're well, just shouldn't have done that. Uh, we are the 30th, 31st, 31st, March 31st. Everything that, uh, Jersey Mike sells within the San Diego County is going to be donated to Radis Radis children hospital. Hmm. So yeah. if you like Jersey Mike's, why not do it today on the 31st? Uh, where the profits will be going to Radius Children Hospital. It's pretty cool. It's very yeah, nice. By now, I meant if you listen to the podcast, because this is going to be still during the podcast. People who are watching right now will know it's the 31st. It's the 31st. It's Today, the 31st. Right now, it's the 30th. Steve's not here yet. But tomorrow is the 31st. So Wednesday, the 31st. If it's Thursday, you've gone too far. It's April's Fool's Day. You're the fool. You didn't help them out. Mm -hmm. Get it on the 31st. And but otherwise, right. buy your sandwich, help out the kids. And our partners, uh, our club partners at, uh, at Rady Children's, which is just the best people and, and the best cause. So, and you get a good sandwich. Drew, are we doing any watch parties? Uh, I mean, absolutely, right? We should be. I'm we should out. be. Uh, the the idea is we're going to do them in pods a little bit. We're going to try and space them out so that it's not one central watch party. Hey, everybody come to this place. What we're trying to do, so we're not saying, hey, this is the place, go there. Otherwise, we'd already tell you, hey, this is the place, go there. Uh, most likely, it'll be our partners, uh, Second Chance, Three Punk, uh, Thorn. The question is which locations uh, as well, right? Will it be, they all have multiple locations at this point besides Three Punk, so which one will it be? Uh, and also maybe there's certain areas and, and partners, right? Like creative creature that is coming on with us as well. Um, maybe just certain things that are going to be, uh, you know, certain pockets. Hey, this, this group of people in OB is going to watch at this place. Right. So people know we'll, we'll kind of try and coordinate yeah, we'll have that a few as spots. well as best we can. So as that stuff pops up, let us know us and a few friends are going to be watching over here. That helps us kind of segment people by neighborhood as opposed to mixing everybody up, which is exactly what we're trying not to do as we get back into 
a society where we can mix more and more, but just mixing more in our, our areas and our regions, right? So that's what we're looking to do with the watch parties. And we'll have details on that. Check our socials, check our website uh, on our events page. We should have most of that there as we get closer and solidify any locations and dates. Yeah, for sure. The first few games, as the preseason games are mostly not televised, right? Yeah, we're definitely going to. Phoenix, obviously, it'll be televised. And then those first four road games is what we're talking about here primarily. Uh, Victor uh, should be in charge of that, right? Director of uh, that, the the events. And so uh, look out for that. By the way, shout out to Victor who got uh, his whole family is in the email. If you got an email from the club today. uh, Sorry, Drew. Did you ever end up getting the email? Sorry if you did. I don't know what happened. Nope. Um, so I, I have season tickets, but apparently I don't. Oh well, we need to fix that. Uh, but the yeah, you got to uh, got a preview of the new jerseys that are going to be released. They're they're calling them the replicas. Um, it's just basically what replica at this point means. It's more affordable jersey that they're going to be releasing on Friday, and uh, it was modeled perfectly by uh, Victor's beautiful daughter and and wife, and he got to model the new scarf. So go ahead and check out your emails if you haven't done that. Um, Tom said there's volunteer spots still open at Randy's. So if you really want to go to Randy's, uh, Randy's is a uh, steakhouse um, that uh, is now open for volunteer spots. Please go over there. I thought it was they a guy have, trying to get uh, stuff out of his garage. Named they Randy. have uh, yeah. sandwiches. They have uh, cheese steaks. Uh, <laughs> just go over there. Oh, never mind. He was talking about something Ooh. So yeah, if Happy you guys birthday, are 2021 Tom. members, Tom has been working hard at volunteering at Rady's Children's Hospital. So please yeah. um, Go do it. check that out. Read your 2021 membership emails. Hey, what's what's the status on the packages, by the way, of our members? Um, so we have been bugging Die Hard. I've been bugging Eileen, and Eileen's been bugging them on updates on production. Typically, they give us a production update not too far after we submit, but we haven't heard back. Um, or maybe they haven't heard back. I need to talk to Eileen again to get those details, but we've been bugging them usually. So we place the order at the end, or, you know, maybe last week, uh, beginning of last week. And it's usually about a four, three to four week production time. Um, but obviously with COVID things are weird. So, we, you know, no promises until we hear back. Um, I remember the first order of scarves we placed was about three and a half weeks. And then the second order of scarves we, we ordered was like three weeks on the dot, I think. So, um we're you know we're getting there we're working on it but we're hoping to get an update from Die Hard soon um i'm gonna keep bugging eileen who is gonna keep bugging Die Hard, and we're gonna we'll get those to you and then I, I swear once they once they ship in um i will spend the you know i and we will spend the day packaging and shipping those out to get them to you guys uh because we really really want to get those out to you by the season start it just really depends on COVID timeline of scarf production. So we will see. I think, I think we will. It sounds like we will, but it's, it's just a question of turning no promises, around. That's my point. And, and honestly, like, yeah, exactly. We don't know. It's just a yeah. question of, is it, it, and honestly, is it two weeks? Is it three weeks before? We just don't know. It's just, we just don't know until they tell, tell us you're at this part or, Hey, we're, we're 300 into your, or whatever, you know, you right. get these kind of small updates that are incremental and we just don't know at this point. So again, like the tickets and the allotments, we got to hear from our, our partners there and 
as we've all gotten used to living a week or two at a time until uh, some major announcement reaches out to us, but we will keep you updated via email. Uh, so keep those emails. That's always our communication channel with our direct members. So as a, as a member, that is going to be the way that we will reach out to you is because it is the most coded and specific way to individually reach each one of you. Uh, and then obviously right here on this super duper podcast i was gonna say super long but uh people hanging out know that's kind of our bag that's what we do as supporters we're here <laughs> not just the full 90 but pre-game post-game too we we do it all so uh if you want to hang out after the pod too we'll do a little bit of that even though we went a little longer tonight but uh thanks for everybody for hanging out and and absorbing this amazing information and again john's uh, just invaluable contribution to to what we're trying to build here uh, as a group, but also just as a culture uh, in general. It's it's um, a man that if I could build a statue of supporters, uh, you would be one of those that I'd have to I'd I'd be on my short list, and I I don't want to make you blush too much, but that's that's how I feel about you. So, thanks for being with us, John, uh, on the show officially, and uh, yeah, I don't got anything else, Jerry. Man, that's that's pretty much it. I think we we we've got our agenda items here and otherwise um i just want to wear some soccer short shorts uh at some point yeah it's gonna happen maybe. i'm gonna make it happen yeah, maybe we pair those with a vhs tape what do you say john we make a documentary <laughs> into a vhs and sell it with some short shorts so good yeah i love that um yeah we're going definitely a little bit longer than expected so thank you everybody that that's hung out with us and uh it's for a good reason we had just a lot to cover i even forgot about all the graphics that I had actually thrown up here. Like I literally was just ready to do our schedule, you know, and go Video through it. But maybe, those maybe, are great. maybe we'll do yeah. that afterwards. I don't know, man. Yeah. We'll hang out for a little bit, but this is, uh, you know, it's been a fun, fun, fun chat. And, uh, I love you guys. Thank you all for hanging in there again. Uh, are you guys gonna, you, you guys done with hanging out just maybe a little bit longer? I'm in. Okay, cool. I'm going to go under my desk again. All right. Well, that's that's going to do it for us then on the regular uh, pod. It's, it's two hours, so I think it's time to, it's time to go. Yes. Uh, if you guys want to hang out with us here live, please do. We might uh, you know, have some chat about some other stuff, but that's it. That's going to do it for us. All right. Thank you guys for hanging in there. Again, for Mr. John Cross, for Mr. Drew Stack, and Mr. Steve Brokoff, my name is Jerry Jimenez, and you have been listening to the Loyal Locals podcast. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. I hate Phoenix.